Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. Well, I think we can all agree it's good to have some rules in your house, uh, especially when it comes to your children's safety and health. Um, I would not have been a good dad if I let my kids ride in the car, you know, without a seatbelt or uh, have ice cream every night for dinner and nothing else. Most parents, though, tend to lean toward the stricter side, or maybe some lean toward the more permissive side of parenting. And perhaps a good goal for all of us is to be aware of those extremes, if you will, and try to find the middle. Uh, I'm John Fuller, joined by Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, you often encourage parents to be firm yet loving. So tell us kind of what we can be aiming for. Well, that's where the seven traits uh, came from. That's really a, a balance of both of those if you apply the seven traits. All right, of what are the parenting. seven traits yeah. real quick? Yeah, it's adaptability, respect, then being intentional, and then it's love, and then boundaries, limits, and then grace and forgiveness, and then gratitude. And that gives you a balance of those. Gratitude makes you more adaptable and flexible in your mind to be able to adjust and see what is happening in my child's life, being present, listening. Your children need that warmth that you're truly understanding who they are, Mm -hmm. and then they will trust the limits you bring and the rules that you're enforcing because they feel heard, they feel understood. And so as you're applying these seven traits, you're really applying both the, the, the warmth and sensitivity needed for that connectedness and then the boundaries and limits to guide them along the way. Excellent. And we're going to link over to those seven traits in the episode notes. Uh, Let's go ahead and hear now from Jim Daly uh, talking with Dr. David Clark. I was in the studio for this conversation as well. Uh, David is an author and licensed psychologist. He has some great energy and enthusiasm and some fun stories. He gave some examples of what it looks like to have loving boundaries as a parent. David, I want to slip this in with the kids because your children are a little older. You're empty nesting now. I've got late teens. so um, I'm sorry. there's kind of, well, there's kind of this idea that once they leave the house and parenting is over, what, Boy, what's the truth? If only. No, we stay in touch with all of our kids, and now they're going through the young adult things. Mm-hmm. The good news is we've been there before. The bad news is they really don't want to hear from us. <laughs> but there are times, of course, we're in support, we're still helping them, and now our kids are having kids. And they're having the parenting thing, so a lot of dialogue about that. And we're, and we're enjoying it. And there'll be times when you can kind of, when they will ask for some help, or there'll be some low-key. It's always FYI, if you want to do this, okay. Um, but I'm hoping this parenting book, they'll actually read that because they're having kids of their own. I think it's going to help them. Because really, they turned out beautifully. Well, there's a great example of what a grandparent can do. I mean, get yes. this book for your children. That's a good idea. Let me ask you, David. Every child um, has specific needs. I think that's true. We're all unique. Uh, but you boil it down to five needs that every child has. Uh, let's touch those briefly. What are the five? Love. That comes first. Respect. Competence. Spirituality and independence. If you can meet those five needs, you're going to turn out a successful, independent, and effective person. Uh, David, in light of those five, how many kids express those needs? And how much of this is, as a parent, I just need to know my kids need these five things? Yeah, no kid's going to ever come up and say, and say it. You're exactly right. They're not even aware of it. As the parent, that's our job. And of course, God makes it clear in the Bible, I think, all these needs in his own way. But yeah, you, you have to just know. 
They're actually desperate to get all of these needs met, but they don't, little kids especially don't have the wherewithal to really mm. voice that. Teenagers start to get it, but again, uh, it, they're not going to voice it. Yeah. Because I, I got to make my own way and I don't trust you and you're too old. So we, we have to do it ourselves. Uh, David, as a young child, your daughter Emily was attached to, I think it was a pacifier. It was a pacifier. I remember in the book. Uh, tell us about that and why that was so disturbing to you. Oh, my goodness. We made the mistake. <laughs> and I think it was a mistake looking back. We gave her the pacifier, you know, to keep her quiet and to soothe her. Well, it worked. But Emily, she's a very feisty girl and still is a feisty adult. She's strong-willed. She would not give up the pacifier. She's three years old. She's a little bit three, and she's not giving it up. She had to have it to sleep at night. I began to hate that pacifier. It was a bane of my existence because when she went to sleep with it, she would lose it during the night and then wake up screaming, ah, my passy, my passy. And she she was smart enough to know it was a certain passy she had to have. Oh, really? Any other pacifier. No, no. She knew it. The curve of it in my mouth. (laughs) That's not. And she'd go and spit it out. I would search for 20 minutes. Where is the pacifier? One night after a 20-minute search, it had fallen down her nightshirt and was against her navel. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> so the day came when Sandy and I said, okay, enough of the pacifier. I took it out. Now, we didn't have Emily watch. It would have traumatized her, but it was a moment of victory for us. I had Sandy by me. I took a hammer, and I shattered the pacifier. Free at last! I think I yelled something like that. Some of the neighbors, what's the matter with that guy? I said, I'm a psychologist. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. And then that night, she didn't have the passy. Oh, a couple nights of screaming, she got over it. But the point is, she depended on that. But it, it had to be taken away from her. There, there was that limit we had to put on her. Otherwise, she'd be still have it today at 33. Mm. I mean, come on. Well, I think David offered some really good examples there for the toddler years. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about older kids, Danny, because um, there's some tough love advice. And I think your insights are spot on mm. in dealing with teens and even preteens. What do you think? It's it's more complex. It's not more difficult because each age and stage has its own difficulties. So I, would, I don't want to minimize the difficulties that parents have with toddlers and infants. It's very real, and you have sleep deprivation that you weren't expecting to go along with that. But with preteens and teens, you've got more complexity because they have some other intentions, other interests, other influences that are coming in, and you have to step in, whether it's with dating, friendships. It could be the phone. It could be social media. And just like the pacifier, you may have to remove it for some time or wean them off of something that is changing their soul. You as a parent are in charge of guiding your child in a direction. And what I tell teens is make sure you're praying for your parents. If you go on a, on a hike and you uh, start to get lost in the wilderness, you want a guide to know what they're doing to guide you where you need to go. And as a teenager, you're counting on your parents to guide you well so that adulthood goes well for the future yeah. you version, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so make sure you're praying that your parents are lined up with God and his plan for you because that's going to help your adulthood go well. And so you growing up counts on you making the right decisions and your parents doing well. So you are part of the whole parenting thing. You need to be a part That's of that. That's great. Make I love sure. that because how many teens think it's all my parents' fault? Right. And they're not, they're not proactively praying or seeing that role. Yeah, it's an ownership between the two. Yeah. And in this case, if they have that vision, you can say, hey, this, this person you're dating, this is not going well. And I'm seeing some significant changes, some big changes in you that I'm concerned about. I'm worried about you. We're going to need to, you're going to need to take a break from this relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know you're going to be angry. I'm okay with that 
because I care deeply for you. I want things to go well for you. And so uh, if you want to talk about it, we can. We can go for a walk. We can uh, go out to dinner and talk about it because I know this is important to you. It's important to me as well. And I'm going to step in because I'm one of the few people on this planet that would actually die for you. Yeah. So I'm willing to, to have this discomfort between us to do this. And uh, whether it's friendships or other things like that, it's, it's like the pacifier. A teenager is going after these things because of emotional upheaval or mm-hmm. some needs inside, just like a toddler does with a pacifier or other things. So you're stepping in in a different way, but it requires a lot more conversation. And, and a lot more a focus on your part on why you're doing it. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And, and your counseling heart comes out, Danny. I mean, you've obviously worked with kids a long time, kids and parents, and uh, I really appreciate those perspectives you're sharing. You know, here at Focus, uh, Danny's reflecting our heart to help you as a mom or a dad. We've got so many resources to help you in that. Uh, Danny's book is a great place to start. We talked a little bit earlier today about the seven... Uh, traits, and those are captured in Danny's book, The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. And uh, it really is foundational advice for parenting kids of any age. So check that out. And uh, if you can, uh, support the ministry by ordering it directly from us here at Focus on the Family. Also, we do recommend Dr. David Clark's book. You know, as you heard today, he's a lot of fun and has some great insights. His book is super valuable. Parenting is Hard and Then You Die, a fun but honest look at raising kids of all ages right. Uh, We're making that available as our thank you gift when you send a donation to Focus on the Family today of any amount. Make that donation online or when you call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Next time, two moms will share what they wish they'd known before they had kids. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.